Deborah Maris, your host of Stand Out and Grow. I want to help your business stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. Building your business is really, really hard. And knowing what marketing and advertising tools you need to help you become successful is extremely confusing. After 30 years of working with thousands of businesses, I am here to help you make good business decisions. I want to help you understand the programs that are available to you so that you can stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. So let's get started. Hey there, this is Kat, and thank you so much for joining me in my live podcast. Today, uh, I have a very special guest. I'm excited to uh, share him with you. And uh, hopefully you will get a lot of education uh, today because it's free. It's free. Who can't not like free, right? It's free. Free is good. Uh, So I have Mickey Kennedy. He's the CEO and uh, founder of e-releases. And basically, um, his background, his forte, his strength, and what he wants to bring to the table and show you is how press releases can leverage your business and how to utilize them and how to do them correctly. And um, he's going to give us all some insights on how uh, earned media, that's what you call when you use press releases, how that works and um, what the outcomes are. So without further ado, let me bring on Mickey. Hey, Mickey. Hi. So thanks for joining me today. Sure. You're very welcome. Awesome. And so I guess um, just give uh, the, uh, we have viewers and listeners, just give uh, any of my followers a little background about who you are. So uh, I am the founder and president of e-releases. We will be 25 years old in October. And uh, I had a fun little journey into press releases. I'd mentioned uh, before that I uh, got a job for a telecom research firm. It was a startup as employee number three. And I had a writing background. So they wanted me to figure out press releases and get earned media for them. And I... All I knew is we published a lot of data, um, but I'd looked in it and asked questions and fleshed out little anomalies. And there were interesting stories in all the little anomalies. And I presented those to the media and the media picked it up. You know, we were getting uh, Financial Times, The Economist, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, lots of publications running with our articles. And um, it, it, it just worked really well. And I'm just like, why aren't other businesses doing this? And that sort of gave me the idea for um, uh, e-releases. And I, I launched a couple of years later. Okay, awesome. Now, um, okay, so you got it as a job. How long did you stay within the job before you started your own business? So I think I stayed about three years um, with that company, uh, of which I spent, uh, you know, a year and a half or so contacting journalists and asking them if I could email them press releases, um, because that was kind of new. We were were migrating from faxing at the time, Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of journalists were requesting for us just to email stuff to them. So I was just like building my own Rolodex of journalists. And, um, you know, when I I launched e-releases a little over 24 years ago, I had 10,000 journalists in my database, and I was basically just a matchmaker, you know, sending uh, press releases to journalists, and the journalists were just 
very pleased. Uh, every, I think only two or three journalists said, don't email me. At the time, they all thought it was novel. Many of them were shocked that I wasn't charging them. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now you look at it, you know, journalists are generally inundated with off-target press releases and things like that. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's shifted. The, the times have, have certainly shifted. So they're getting a lot more content now. But despite that, it's still working and still reaching journalists. Okay, so I guess let's start with us because I have a media background, so I know what a press release is. And I also worked at a news station, so I also know the effect it has. Um, so let's just start with the bare bones and the basics. What is a press release, period? What Great. is it? So it's basically just a third party announcement where you're announcing something to the media in the hopes that they turn it into an article. You're not looking for the press release itself to be duplicated by the media. Um, generally, there's some of that that happens. It's called syndication, but it's not really important and you shouldn't be distracted by that. What you're really looking for is a journalist to take the meat and bones that you provided and build a story, an article, and uh, sharing that with their audience. And I think that, you know, one of the, the biggest problems I see moving about 12,000 releases a year is so many people aren't writing with the idea that they know that journalists are story builders. And uh, someone will do a product launch where they just say, we've got a new product and here's a bullets of all the features. And yeah. it's hard for a journalist to build a story out of that. But if you had included a use case study with, you know, someone has used the product, they achieved this result, and here's a quote by them, you can build a story around that. That's, that's what journalists are looking for. So really try to make it as easy as possible for journalists to to flesh out a story and tell an interesting story to their audience because journalists are, uh, you know, they're also gatekeepers and they're trying to determine, is this of interest to my audience? And if you can make it compelling and an interesting story, they often will share it. Okay. So, so again, this was the nuts and bolts. This is the bare bones in regards to what a press release is. I'm also going to share and kind of uh, talk about, why press releases are important. And uh, I'll say it from my perspective when I work, used to work at the news stations, okay? So people understand the importance of it and the validity of what you're doing because it really is a valid business and it makes complete sense. Um, so on the news end of it, what people don't understand and realize is the news has are publishing, let's say sometimes they're publishing uh, up to maybe four times a day news, right? Four times a day. You know, the 5 a.m. hour, the 6 a.m. hour, the noon hour, the 6, 5 p, the 6 p, the 10 p. So every news station is very different, but there's a lot of news per se. And for these anchors and reporters, they're looking for stories. They're looking for them. They need them. Because in order for them to survive and exist, they're looking for these unique stories that are out there. And again, what Mickey is going to teach you and train you and provide you some tips on is how do you get that in front of the stack of all these other people that are submitting these press releases? And typically in the old days, and I say old days, I've been in media for over 30 years. In the old days, it was just your normal nonprofit submitting press releases. It was your non-traditional type of businesses that were either like, you know, some dignitary was coming and that was going to alert the media 
or, you know, the nonprofit had to make this much money and it's going to alert the media. They have some kind of nonprofit event. So again, from the news side, just so that everybody understands is the news, these news stations and journalists and these, anybody who takes press release, they're looking for stories. That's why they have these emails for you to submit the press release. And so what, Mickey is going to walk you through is how do you stand out in that? How do you stand out in the stack of press releases? Okay. So is there a process, Mickey? Is there, you know, is there a a strategic way someone should look at this and how they will submit and, and the whole nine yards here? Sure. So I think that when it comes to submission, uh, what you really want to look for is making sure that you get a wide distribution. Um, our distribution has changed over the years. Um, we were approached by PR Newswire um, more than 10 years ago and told, why don't we also send to them? And I'm like, my clients only spend a couple hundred dollars. And I know you charge like close to $1,500 to move a wire nationally. And surprisingly, they did run away uh, when I told them, you know, what my clients were spending. They liked the fact that we were working with a lot of small businesses that their salespeople would never reach out to because yep. they're just not big enough for them to matter and they're not moving enough press releases. So, um, you know, based on the volume that we were doing, we sort of acted as a co-op for small businesses and were able to negotiate a really substantial discount. Um, you know, there are some caveats, you know, if a large company comes through, we're not supposed to take their money uh, yeah. because that, you know, that's more of what their clientele is looking for. And, um, but despite that, it's worked really well. Um, we set up releases for next business day by default because they have an overnight editorial team that's not very busy, but they have to be there in case there's breaking news or they have to get news to China or, or to Asia markets and things like that. So um, they can set up our releases overnight and it's not any additional labor costs for them. So I, I, I do say it's been a really great relationship working with PR Newswire and being able to have that and knowing that my clients are spending substantially less than if they had went directly to the wire themselves. Okay. So, so topic wise for someone who's wanting to do this on their own and test the waters on their own, you know, cause I mean, at the end of the day, you know, your business model is very similar to mine um, in social media. Uh, a lot of times I'm training people, I'm teaching them, I'm giving them tips on how to do social media. Right. And sure. at the end of the day, they will determine and know, oh my God, this is too much for me. I can't do it. I, I can't. How much you do it? You do it. I don't want it. Right. Right. Or there are clients that actually will do it themselves. They want to figure it out. They want to do it themselves. And then either they'll continue to do it themselves or they'll hire someone because they get it. They figured it out. They get it. But they're they're time starved. They're not going to do it because it is tasking. Right. Tasking. And then um, and then there are those people that uh, will probably try it and do it and then probably forget about it and then not do it ever again. (laughs) I mean, that's just the reality of it. Maybe they mentally said they were going to do it. Uh, (laughs) What would you, what would you say are valid, like subject case points, whatever, you know, so that someone who's thinking of doing a press release or quite frankly, they are doing press releases now and they're not getting any traction. Is there any bit of advice on what should the topic or subject be? Right. So um, I I have a free masterclass that teaches uh, press release strategies, the ones that actually get media coverage again and again. And, um, 
it uh, basically walks through several different types of releases that generally get media pickup. The one that comes right off the bat is, uh, you know, developing a survey or study within your industry. And uh, it seems like, oh, that seems like a lot of work, but it doesn't have to be. For example, SurveyMonkey makes it really easy to create a multi-page uh uh, survey, uh, four questions a page, four pages, 16 questions. Uh, you want to make sure you're asking the right questions. Like what would, you know, what's going on in your industry right now? Are you have, you know, are, are people generally having staffing issues, people not wanting to return to the office, but work from home or, you know, it, is there some economic uncertainty is your, you know, what's your marketing budget over the next two quarters look like? Are you planning on spending less or more? Are you sort of contracting to save money and be a little more strategic? So, you know, questions like that can be uh, really valuable, but there also may be some that are a little more industry specific right now. Um, anything that you would ask someone at a trade show is fodder for a survey to take your industry's temperature on right now. Uh, once you put together that survey, you have a link that you share with people. Um, there's lots of trade associations uh, partner with a smaller independent one in your industry and ask them to send the survey to their members. Most of them will do it if you say, I'll include you in a press release I'll be issuing it over the wire. Um, they see it as a win-win because the independent and smaller trade associations don't get a lot of the love that the large ones do. And so often they'll send it to their members you analyze the results. What are the surprises? You know, what are the big ahas from the survey? What did it yield? And then you put together uh, a good press release that focuses on probably, you know, two to four of the biggest aha moments from the survey. You put quotes in there about why you feel the, uh, the, the data skewed a certain way using your analysis and then send that to the media. I find that when my clients do that, they generally get anywhere from uh, eight to 14 articles every single time. Um, and it's just because, you know, you're asking questions that people in your industry would be curious what the answers are. Um, you know, they're, they're hot button things that you're asking, things that are really relevant right now and very specific. And they only live for a short period because if you take your industry's temperature on it six months, eight months down the road, it's going to be different. It's going to change and it shifts. So that's why I think surveys and studies work really, really well. But they also sort of make my clients eyes glaze over with just the idea of doing so much work. And uh, despite the shortcuts and me telling them that it's not, um, you know, they, they do sort of try to avoid it. But there are other things that you can do. Um, sometimes, you know, uh, what's your unique selling proposition? What makes you unique in the industry? Is there a story there? Is it, you know, how the company was built or uh, yeah. the, the inspiration? Uh, it could be certain obstacles that you've overcome or even vulnerabilities about you. Have you, you know, someone who's gone through cancer and come out on the other side that, you know, that, that changes and enhances your story. And, you know, it's part of you and it's part of, of your company's history as well. So, you know, putting that together and sharing it uh, is one of the things that, a lot of my small businesses don't like to do and entrepreneurs are often like we have a bit of an imposter syndrome that we don't matter but you you don't realize how inspirational you can be and how relevant you can be just being vulnerable and putting yourself out there but often those are stories that can get picked up i had a client had a very embarrassing story where they canceled uh, Thanksgiving uh, and had to ship out packages instead over Thanksgiving and um, we incorporated it into the press release and they didn't want to, but that was the opening uh, of the article in Inc. Magazine that profiled this small little business. It was something that 
people could identify with where sometimes there are challenges being an entrepreneur and being a, in a startup and it's it's really relevant to their reader base so it worked really well for them yep. um yeah. Other other things is just knowing that the media loves data. So even if it's not your data, if you can incorporate data into your announcement, it's a really great way to make yourself really relevant and stand out. Um, and, you know, other strategies are, every, you know, there's just this trend that came out years ago called newsjacking, where if something's very popular in the news, you sort of join the, the conversation. Yep. And I find that it rarely works because there's so many people joining the conversation with the same viewpoints. But if you're willing to be a contrarian on an issue, uh, I, I say be the friendly jerk. You don't want to alienate yeah. your customers or anybody in your industry. But if you can put yourself out there and raise your hand with a contrarian message, often you will get lots of media pickup because if it's a hot button or popular topic, they often like to have both sides of an argument. You know, that's a good yep. journalist does have both sides, but most of them don't. Most articles are only one sided because no one's raised their hand and say, I represent the other side. If you do that, you stand a really good chance of getting some media pickup as a result of that. Yeah. Yeah. And do you find that uh, businesses in smaller communities get picked up more so than in bigger metro cities? I find it varies. Um, okay. One of the things that I've noticed is that journalists do like smaller businesses. They like mom and pops. They like, I mean, I, there's lots of Kickstarters and Indiegogos that get picked up. There's a lot of little small businesses that get picked up all the time. And it's contrarian to how a lot of my customers feel because a lot of them feel like I'm too small to matter to the media. And I think that being small gives you an advantage. Journalists don't like profiling large, well-funded businesses. Yep. Uh, you know, they don't like covering Google and Microsoft, though they do. Um, you know, they prefer putting the spotlight on uh, something that's small, a hidden gem, uh, so to speak. And it allows them to be seen more as curators uh, yep. and, and and pulling out really, really cool companies and people that are doing something a little bit different. So, you know, being small and lean is a really strong advantage. And I think that's one of the reasons that startups do so well with us. Yeah. And then is there, um, well, before I ask you this question, I got to do some shout outs for people that are tuning in. TJ, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Hey, back to you. Uh, <laughs> Clive, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. And Matthew, your father used to be an anchor at a major outlet in Tennessee. That's awesome. Uh, I'd be curious uh, who he was. I was in the Tennessee market at one time. Uh, so thanks for joining me. If you are joining me now, please make sure you drop a comment. If you have a comment for Mickey, please drop it, it in the comments. Uh, if he does not get to it now while we're live, uh, he will certainly you know, circle back around and answer your questions. And I can certainly tag him as well. What are the, what are the don'ts? I know there's a lot of don'ts because, right. you know, I, when I was in um, media, I remember clients would say, Hey, can you give, you know, your anchors, this press release? Like I had the access and I'm like, yeah, you got to go on the website and submit it. But anyways, they would always like do a press release of their business. That's it. Like, Sure. Blah, 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 blah. Here's my business. So what are some of the don'ts? Well, I find that the press releases that are least effective are personnel changes. Uh, you know, 
there, there's always the exception where you might have an industry veteran that you've been able to bring on board to your business. But most of the time, it's like, a, a, you know, a new HR associate and people will take a press release and send it out and yep. pay the money to go over the wire. And I'm telling you, at best, you're going to get like a little on the move section in your yep. local paper and maybe one trade publication. Uh, spend your money more strategically. Uh, you know, those types of releases don't generally do very well. Um, you know, other types of releases are like uh, when, when people are uh, presenting at a conference or a trade show, they'll do a press release of what they're doing. And generally, that's really more relevant to the people that are attending the trade show. So I would, you know, always suggest to look internally within that market to see is there a way that you can contact them or or something like that, rather than, you know, try to stick to national news for something that's very minor because the journalist is going to say, well, only a few of my audience are go probably even going to this trade show. So it's going to be not relevant to the majority of my audience. And so, you know, those, those are releases where I feel like they just sort of miss the mark. Um, yeah. Other things are not having an amazing quote in an, uh, a press release. Um, what you don't understand is if you have a really compelling quote, and by compelling, you're saying something in a way that's uh, very powerful or uh, controversial, or you're just really taking ownership of the words and uh, elevating it. It's something that where if the journalist was to paraphrase what you said, there would be a, a loss of magic or specialness. And it's hard to, it's hard to, to say this, but whenever you see a really amazing quote, you, 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 you know it. Yeah. And so many times quotes are written as an afterthought. And if you put a little more effort in them, uh, I think that you, you could really stand out because a journalist can build a whole article around a, a great quote. And, you know, that's one of the, the secrets I tell people is the, a great headline and a great quote can really ensure that you get, you know, in a story. Um, I have also had clients who've uh, had their, them do a press release that inspired an article and the article get published without their name in it at all. And it's generally not because the journalist did it on purpose, but the managing editor saw a weak quote by a company they didn't know. And they said, they just crossed it out, put yeah. a red line through it. And But if it was an amazing quote and the journalist, the managing editor had never seen that company before, they wouldn't care. They'd say, that's an amazing quote. I can see why it's in here. So really, you know, uh, quotes are one of these backdoor ways of ensuring that you're, you remain in an article or that an article even gets written and uh, do not treat it as an afterthought. It really is a great opportunity. Yeah. Now, Mickey, are you uh, primarily focused on editorial press releases or are yours a combo of uh, news like video, you know, live TV and editorial? It's predominantly uh, written press releases. Okay. We do uh, allow for, uh, you know, like YouTube embeds of, of B-roll and things like that. But what I'm finding is uh, a lot of places aren't really using it. And I think that uh, they haven't decided the ownership of B-roll and how that works. Yep. Uh, technically, it should be the same as the content in the press release. It's open for anyone to use. Yep. Uh, but I think that some of uh, companies are a little afraid of not of, of 
when it comes to video, they want a signature, uh, wet ink saying that we have the ability to do that, to include this this footage in, in our thing. So I, I've noticed, I think it's gonna take a little bit of time before video, I think is more prevalently used, but I do think it's where we're going. Uh, yeah. You know, I think that, you know, uh, if you just look at where people's attention spans are going, they're, they're getting smaller and they're being more video oriented. And I think that's the natural progression of where news is going to go. And I think that having video collateral with your messaging that you send out is going to become more important probably over the next five years. Okay. But that person that if they uh, did a press release, whether they hired you or they did it themselves, they could pass it locally to their own local media per se, to see if those people would nibble on it as well. Right. Right. And, yeah. and one of the things that I tell my clients is local media is the easiest media to get. And it should be you getting it, not yep. using a service yep. like e-releases. If you think about it, it seems daunting again, but there's probably less than 10 people locally who would ever cover you. Find out who those 10 people are, get their email address. All you have to do is ask. They're not trying to be hidden. They're members of the community and, you know, they want to get good leads and, oh, and, 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 and things. So, you know, do the work, your local newspaper, uh, maybe if you're lucky enough to have a business magazine or business newspaper. Uh, there are also radio and TV opportunities. Do yeah. some of them sometimes spotlight local businesses, uh, you know, find out who the booker or producer of that segment is and get their email address and yeah. just make yourself available to them. Um, you know, as you have tips, uh, as you have uh, uh, hooks, you don't have to send them a press release. You can just send them a few sentences, maybe include that great quote that I mentioned that they can build yep. a story around and uh, just stay in contact with them. What you'll find is even if you don't get immediate pickup after a couple of years of doing this, you, you will get inquiries from them to say, I'm doing an article on X. Could I get a quote from you to put in it? And that's one of the reasons that I think that you see the same companies again and again in local media. It's not because they're favorites, but but they're just, you know, front of mind when yep. it comes to the, the media. And so uh, it, it, it is one of the little Rolodexes that I think anybody should try to build themselves and practice. Yeah. And I love this because, um, you know, so for me, I can clearly see that, you know, hiring a company like you, you're going to get in front of some big branded media trades, you know, and things like that, that normal people probably don't have access to or don't have the time to research and try to find. Right. right. Um, and then um, if they apply those same kind of theories to their local media, then that helps and it adds that extra layer. Um, I've had two different clients that hired um, a PR company um, where they got, you know, a good response from their uh, campaign where either, you know, uh, articles in like big box name brand, you know, name companies where then you utilize that in your social media, your website and things like that. It does pay off, you know. Sure. And then as well as um, locally, recently, there was a lady that I ran into who start who I met at uh, prior to COVID and she, I, she goes, oh, Ken, I think I'm closing my business. Not to anything in regards to what she, the campaign she did. The campaign was successful. She was on, I think she said, like 10 different TV shows where they were interviewing her about her candles. It was just candles. <laughs> and so I think, you know, I think people don't understand that if you have someone creative enough to help you or write it and they'll get you 
the recognition you need. And then what do you do with it? How do you use it to leverage it to go further? Right. Right. You know, and in in regards to what you're saying, it's the content and they're the stats. I'm a big fan of stats, right? Anything of stats. And then I'm also a big fan of, you know, the current event now is, you know, anything diversity, uh, equality or inclusion. That's the big buzz right now. You know, so if companies are making big shifts and change, that's a, a big thing, you know, for people to talk about. Um, well, cool. Okay, so your mastermind walks people through how they can do it themselves. And I think you said there's a 24 step. I feel like it's an alcoholic awareness thing. (laughs) It's a 24 step process that you walk people through so that they can do this on their own if they chose to. Right. Right. And uh, that masterclass is completely free. It's at ereleases.com slash plan P-L-A-N. And I think it's a good place for anybody to start who's, uh, you know, looking uh, or considering PR or open to the idea of PR, because what it'll do in less than an hour, uh, walk you through an audit of your business with these ideas in mind to sort of catch some of the ones that stand out uh, for your company in particular. And I think that that's a really great place to start, because if you can build you know, a list of six to 10 uh, press release ideas that are relevant, you, st- you you do stand the likelihood that you could get picked up. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and that's amazing. That's great. And there's not really a definition behind category business, right? Yeah. Anybody should, anybody should be open-minded and should want to know if they have the opportunity to do press releases. I mean, that's my thought. Um, I don't know if that's your thought, Mickey, but I'm always like there there's there's so many different opportunities for press release. I think people are so blindsided and ingrained in their business that they don't see behind the blinders. Right. Right. I mean, one of the things that happens with my clients who do get media coverage is they like first thing they'll say is we only got like 450 clicks from that article uh, that was there, which isn't a lot. But they'll say But they'll say we got 250 customers. Is that right? And I'm like, yeah, because when someone clicks through from an article, they are often already buyers. They've yeah. they've read, uh, you know, that basically the journalists gave third party corroboration, social proof. It's like an implied endorsement. It's not yep. an ad. So you know, the, the conversion rate's going to be much higher. And people will read something. They they have this goodwill that's generated, and they want to do business with that company. They don't open a new window and say, "Can I get this cheaper on Amazon or something like that?" It it really is the the magic that works with uh, you know getting uh, 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 earned media. And for that reason, I often tell my customers, "Don't forget once you get that earned media to also share it with your customers and share it more importantly with your leads because yep. there's people that are on the fence about whether to work with you. Maybe some of that." goodwill and and you know uh implied endorsement that social proof will get some of them over the fence that may not have ever come on their own absolutely, and so it, it's, absolutely. It's, it's, it's really magical what can happen building out your own newsroom and sharing on social media and through email with your leads and and customers I agree. And I, I love that you said it's uh, an assumed endorsement because they're covering you um, and, and it builds that credibility that somebody needs, you know, and it really does help. And it and it, the legs on it are like forever. Like you can use that for a long time. You know, right. that is 
That's awesome. Okay, so how do people get a hold of you? Okay, so the website's e-releases. Um, we have uh, chat, phone, uh, email. Uh, you'll only talk to editors. We have no salespeople. There's no sales commissions or anything like that. Um, you know, we're uh, pretty available. The social media is on the lower right of the website. It's my direct LinkedIn. That's probably the easiest place to reach out to me directly. Um, but we do walk people through PR and help them out on the PR journey. And we'll take a look at a press release or something that you've got an idea and you're just looking for feedback, whether you use us or not, uh, just give us a business day or two to get back to you. That is fantastic. I love it. That's awesome. Well, very cool. Well, Mickey, it's so great to have you on. And I hope people take advantage of this. I love the idea of the free masterclass uh, and for people to dabble, dabble in it and just to kind of get a sense of, you know, is this right for me or, or my business? You know, right. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. You're very welcome. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for joining me today on my uh, live podcast. I appreciate it. Uh, tune in till next. Um, oh, next Monday, I won't be in because I am going on vacation. But the following Monday, we'll be, we'll be back and we'll have another guest. I hope that you got something out of this. Please drop me a line. Let me know. I'd love to hear back from you. Also, if you have any questions uh, for Mickey, please drop those in the comments as well. And until next time. You got this. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Stand Out and Grow. Check out all the notes and links at www.standoutandgrow.com. I am so thankful to you for helping this show continue to grow. I want to keep producing content that you want to hear, so please leave me some feedback. I look forward to bringing you more resources and information to help your business stand out and grow. Please follow us on social media and make sure you follow this podcast so you can learn more about helping your business stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. Until next time, you got this. Advertise helps businesses stand out and grow with affordable advertising options. We will help you make good business decisions so you can save money and not just throw it against the wall to see if it sticks. Get your free strategic advertising analysis today so you can see the opportunities to stand out and grow your business. Visit www.standoutandgrow.com offers page to learn more. <laughs>